Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Expectations matter. What do you expect from an SUV? Versatility? A range of sizes built to fit your life? A range of exteriors that all invite stairs? Or being able to take control of more than just the wheel? Expectations matter, but exceeding them matters more. How we get there matters. The Audi family of SUVs. Progress you can feel. To get the Crime Writers on After Show right now, go to patreon.com slash partners in crime media. I'm Rebecca Lavoie, and this is Crime Writers On. Crime Writers On is the original true crime review podcast that digs in a true crime, pop culture, other podcasts. And on this episode, he was the self-proclaimed king of pop, the superstar laid low by allegations of molesting children. Years after his death, how do we process the legacy of Michael Jackson? We'll review the podcast, Think Twice, featuring Leon Nafok and Jay Smooth. Joining me to get that done and more is true crime author, TV journalist, and host of These Are Their Stories podcast, my husband and love of my life, Kevin Flynn. Hello, Kevin. Hello, Rebecca. Also with us is private investigator, certified pet detective, resident cat lady, and author of the Piper Green series of cozy mysteries, Laura Bricker. Hi, Laura. Hey, Rebecca. Today, I met a dog called Hyper Piper when I was out on my walk. Wow. Incredible. Hyper Piper was a King Charles Spaniel. It's very cute. Incredible. Is Hyper a nickname or the actual legal name of the dog? No, that was actually a nickname because it was like a 12-week-old puppy and it was like running around like, bleep. Oh. And finally, our resident Doubting Thomas, the author of the City Trilogy of Novels, host of the Strange Arrivals podcast, and our Patreon Deep Dive Book Club podcast, Toby Smooth. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Toby Ball. Hello, Toby. Hello, Rebecca. All right. So, Kevin, this is obviously Thursday's podcast. Obviously. What is happening on Monday's show? On Monday, we're going to be talking about the podcast Brokers, Bagmen and Moles. What's that about, Kevin? Oh, it's about an FBI investigation into uh, exchange exchanges fraud on the like the Chicago Mercantile Exchange. Ah. But it doesn't really go well. Oh, like orange juice concentrates, like orange juice futures. And- there is a little bit of trading places clips that come up. So, yeah, you're All on the right. right track. All right. I'm looking forward to that one. OK, well, this is a, a big topic we've got to talk about. So should we just get right into it? Jump into it. All right. I'm going to go ahead and drop that first clip right now. Leading off. Members of the NAACP have been jailed and even killed in the noble pursuit of those ideals upon which our country was founded. None of these goals is more meaningful for me at this time in my life than the notion that everyone is presumed to be innocent. Just as his commercial success began to wane, Michael Jackson faced career-ending criminal charges he molested a child. Not the first time such allegations surfaced. 
It was the most serious item on the list of problematic conduct and idiosyncratic behavior which defined his public persona. Suddenly, it seemed like Michael's camp could no longer get the press to focus solely on his weird but ultimately kind of amusing behavior. Instead, journalists were interested in things Michael did not want to talk about. But his journey from fame to infamy was not simple, nor is there consensus on its effects on his legacy. Even a decade after his death, there remains one camp of fans dedicated to his influence and innocence, and another that's come to terms with the veracity of his deplorable actions. We're not here to try to prove that Michael Jackson was guilty or that he was innocent. Instead, we'll be using his story as a window onto the world around him. The world that shaped him, even as he was shaping it. From Audible Originals, Wondery, and Prologue Productions comes Think Twice, Michael Jackson. Hosts Leon Nafok and Jay Smooth present original interviews seeking new ways to examine Jackson's staying power in pop culture despite years of disturbing allegations. Think Twice, Michael Jackson is currently available exclusively on Audible and scheduled for wide release in the near future. Spoiler alert, we are going to be talking about plot points from Think Twice. So if you want to remain spoiler free, go to the estimated time code in our show notes for our thumbs up or thumbs down reviews. Now, Laura, we have looked at other media, looking at Michael Jackson's uh, sex abuse allegations. What do you think this podcast does beside that, that, that it does well? Well, it's interesting because we really don't hear that much in detail about the sexual abuse allegations until the end of this podcast. So I think really well, it, it really takes this sort of step back, this zoom out, um, reminds me of talking about cereal again, to not just look at the sexual abuse side of Michael Jackson, which we've talked about extensively in recent years. We watched um, that documentary, but really to do an in-depth dive into his career, how it unfolded, his legacy in pop culture, and talking to other people that were involved at his life or, you know, during his career that offered observations about what he was like. I mean, I think it just gave a really deep picture. And it was done in a very thoughtful way. So to to me, that thoughtful way of telling it really gave it to me. I mean, I always have felt like he's just a tragedy. I just feel like Michael Jackson is just a freaking tragedy. But I think, you know, it looks at how our culture, I wouldn't say allowed this to happen, but how our culture sort of created him in a way from being a child star to what he became when he wanted to have a statue like the queen. Yeah, (laughs) that was really something. Um, So, Toby, you have a really interesting take because we hear at the beginning of the podcast, there was this like widespread thing on news bites we kept hearing over and over and over again when the sex abuse allegations first came out. A lot of people said and, and believed, you know, he's messed up because he, quote, didn't have a childhood. Right. And that was like the sort of like the big narrative And it was very much seen as the reason why, even before the allegations, that he was, quote, weird, you know, the reason why he sort of inhabited this world where he had a house with a roller coaster and a petting zoo, a real zoo, actually not a petting zoo, and, you know, played with toys and hung out with kids. But, you know, you wrote something about that that I'd love you to be able to talk about a little bit. I guess the thing that this this show does really well, I think, is... I feel as though the easy kind of fallbacks are, you know, he's a, well, he was a pedophile, but, but sort of looking at that without any context or kind of putting it 
mostly on his dad, I guess, and, and his dad's abuse and all this stuff, or being a star from an early age and, and not having a childhood. What this thing I think shows is a more complex story that involves, you know, early stardom and then going from being like in the biggest group in the world or one of the biggest pop groups in the world to being the biggest single person in the world, like the whole thing with being a Jehovah's witness and then having to leave and the sort of contradictory elements there. Like, I just kind of wonder if all this stuff is Neverland ranch and, and, and his weird behaviors, it seems like more of a, a mental illness thing uh, than a sort of lost childhood thing. And I, and I don't think they're, I think they are like definitely connected, but I, I don't like, I, and I don't follow Michael Jackson that much, but uh, you don't hear it come up in quite that way. I think mm. a lot of times. I, th- mm. I think again, it's like looking to looking at it without context or trying to like draw this straight line between some people's behaviors and his later behavior, and not really looking at like what was his mental health like, you know, in general, and what kind of pressures were exacerbating it, and what in his past was exacerbating it. But that being sort of like the central fact of sort of his existence, especially towards the end. You know, it's really interesting. You just brought up something that I had not heard a lot about before. I mean, I knew that Michael Jackson was a Jehovah's Witness and, you know, that was part of, you know, some of the coverage about him. The episode about his being a Jehovah's Witness was so fascinating in this podcast. I did not realize to the extent around, you know, the release of Thriller that he was still very much immersed in the door knocking, the going to meetings, like being in disguise and being on the street as a Jehovah's Witness. And they have the guy in the podcast who was his friend in the church who had this very close up view of him and these two lives that he was leading and how sort of under the thrall of this like Jehovah's Witness mentor he was and how he was forced to sort of say like, I don't believe in the art that I'm doing. At the same time, he very clearly did believe in the art he was doing. Volk still remembers knocking on people's doors with Michael at his side and seeing their reactions. People would stare, you know, like that guy really looks like Michael Jackson. You could tell they would never say it, but you could see in their eyes they were thinking this guy looks like Michael Jackson. And there was this whole thing, you know, and and Kevin, I don't know if the podcast does take a, a side on this about these conflicting forces in his life, the not having a childhood, the sort of being pulled in one direction or the other. Well, I think Leon does a good job of setting this up at the beginning of that episode that either people acknowledge that, you know, when they're talking about his sexual allegations, you know, it's either there's an excuse that he had no childhood or it's an explanation or, you know, the posing that the way people use that. I don't think in a lot of ways they come down on a side or, and this is probably... My only criticism of the podcast, if it's called Think Twice, I don't know if this really feels like a reexamination that people ought to reconsider their perceptions of Michael Jackson based on the information we're going to get. It doesn't really go there, but it does what a great Leon Nafok podcast does, which is tell a story, uh, a larger story colored by, you know, these peripheral perspectives. Getting Michael Jackson's manager would be a great coup, but they don't. But there is value in getting the secretary who had a crush on him. I don't think when you're putting together a Michael Jackson documentary, you say the first person we need to get is Doug E. Doug, because he's going to have, 
you know, the most important perspective. I don't think you honor people by putting them on a pedestal. I think you honor them by examining them truthfully and holistically. I think that that's the way you honor people. And I, I think the, the, the proper way to honor people. Otherwise, you're not honoring them. You're, you're, you're deifying them. You're lionizing them. But we also saw Dougie Doug in the uh, We Need to Talk About Cosby uh, documentary. So, but, you know, they, they make, they find the value in that. Which, and, by the way, just won a Peabody Award. Oh, yeah. Peabody's all around. Congratulations, Connie Walker, not to go off on a tangent. Yes. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I think that that's what it does. And I think it's added. And I'd love to talk about Jay Smooth's uh, contributions to this, too. But, I mean, I think... Hopefully that answers your question. Yeah, we'll get back to that in a second. But I did just to talk about the Jehovah's Witness uh, episode for a second, Laura. I know that you had feelings about that too, and how just like stunning that was to hear that at this. I mean, Thriller was the biggest album in the world, like ever. I mean, I you know I know that uh, Toby's going to say he never bought it or heard it because that's how Toby is. <laughs> um, but it was like undeniably a pop culture force. I mean, I was taking ice skating lessons and we had to do like our stupid routine to Billie Jean and thriller <laughs> montage situation. Like you could not escape it no matter where you were, where you lived. And um, the fact that he was still doing door knocking for Jehovah's Witnesses at the time and being told by the church that like, you know, he had to renounce his own work uh, when, by the way, his work was his renouncing his own identity with his father, who had been his abuser. I mean, that was really interesting. I mean, this is, by the way, not me in any way <laughs> excusing Michael Jackson and, you know, his crimes. But like, it was an interesting moment after, of course, and we had heard that period of his life in The Wiz in New York, where he had this moment of like potential freedom. But that the Jehovah's Witness episode, I thought was a very strong episode. Yeah. What I thought was so interesting about that is like, I knew he was a Jehovah Witness, but I, I guess I Feel, felt like once he got into his music career that I, I guess I just assumed that that wasn't as big a part of his life. But then, you know, what I also think was really interesting about that is when he goes from being Michael Jackson, the performer, to Michael Jackson, either at school or out as a Jehovah Witness, he becomes like very shy and very like self-effacing. And like here he's like wearing this like disguise because he doesn't want anyone to recognize him. And, and it's like, so interesting to think about that transformation from that somebody who's putting themselves for like, oh, shucks. Oh, no. Oh, golly, gee willikers. Like whatever Are it you is. Doing you an say. impression? Yeah, that was my impression. <laughs> 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 but, um, but, you know, to go from that to then like this larger than life performer was really interesting. And it was interesting how he remained dedicated to participating in things within his church that were required of him. And and for as long as he did, I thought that was just fascinating. But at the same time, this is what's weird to me. The same time he's that guy who can't look people in the eye, who's super shy, who can't take a compliment. He's planting stories about himself in the press. He's making people call him the king of pop. He yeah. later like wants Toby to have someone make a 200 foot statue of him. Like he is a legend builder who wants people to see him a certain way, which... Is he easy two people or is he one person who's code switching depending on who he's with? I, I don't know how much that shyness stuff is just, a, you know, a cover just to give him some breathing room. He, he's just so, so big that to like say he's a narcissist or has delusions of grandeur 
if you really got that grandeur, are they delusions? Um, I, I don't know. I kind of felt like that kind of stuff was sort of a more accurate mirror into his personality and sort of the things that he actually ends up doing than the sort of shy, barely talks above a whisper, all this stuff. Cause even when he's sort of later on, when he's talking, when people are asking him about, you know, don't you think it's kind of weird that kids are like sleeping in your bed? Yep. And he talks about it in his little kind of shy, quiet voice. But the shit that he's saying is actually kind of wild, right? I mean, he's saying, no, it's beautiful. It's awesome. Um, and I, I don't know why people don't don't get that. So he's, again, he, he, he's sort of out of touch. I think he must understand that society looks down upon it. Like plenty of people are telling him about it. But he doesn't feel the need or can't sort of play under those strictures. So yeah, I kind of came away like thinking that the sort of soft-spoken, humble Michael Jackson might not have been the most accurate sort of representation of like his true kind of self Mm. based on what, what we heard in this. So Kevin, what do you think of the formatics here? For the first time ever, we hear Leon Nafok with a co-host. Yeah, I believe so. I do like Jay Smooth here. First of all, I'll just say that in the beginning, sort of the interaction, which we, I mean, not ever having a sidekick, we never really sort of get this from Leon where he can kind of bring a little more of himself and his opinions and stuff. I think in the beginning, it sounded a little stilted, but by the end, the two really seemed to have a connection and a kind of chemistry and really talking about stuff that seemed uh, extemporaneous. And I think, you know, Jay Smooth uh, you know, it's like, oh, Jay Smooth just slipped into the chat here in the podcast world. I think he's great. He brings a strong and logical partnership with Leon because they're different, right? One's a fan, one's not. One's black, one's white, one's a neo-historian, one's an entertainment commentator, one's in his 50s, one's in his 30s. And they also give each other sections to talk about. They're not trading lines back and forth, the back and forth like a tennis match. So I think that that really adds something to... Uh, not only the sound of the podcast, but the content. I think I agree with you at the beginning of it. It sounded like we have two hosts because we have two hosts because we had to have two hosts for this. Yeah, that's what it sounded like to me. It's It sounded like we have to have another perspective. So we're going to get another host to do this. That's how it sounded. And I didn't. I was like, I totally get it. This is the right choice and it's the right person. But it sounds like very deliberate. Yeah. And by the time they get to the end and they're talking about... The second half of the podcast, it super fucking works. Yeah. I was going to say, by the time they get to the end of the podcast and they're talking about their experience going to the Broadway show, it almost sounds like they just said, bullet point, we're going to talk about that, hit record. My strong recommendation for an editing change I would have made is I would have opened the podcast with a scene of them flipping through the National Enquirer articles together. Because that that was, was a great scene. That was a great scene. And then you hear them interacting with each other and you actually hear that their voices, because Leon Nafok is one of those people where his speaking voice sounds just like his hosting voice, uh-huh. but his hosting voice is so hosty sounding that when you hear him just talking, it sounds like he's also talking in his hosty voice. But when you hear him interacting with somebody and he sounds like Leon Nafok, you're like, oh, that's just how Leon Nafok talks. Mm-hmm. So I would have opened with that scene and then you would have heard their interactions. And just that scene was so like bright. And it would have been just a really good opening to the podcast. Sally Jesse and Rush Limbaugh out for each other's blood. Oh, wow. Dynasty co-stars snubbed as Heather Locklear weds. Outrageous rules allow anyone to drive a school bus. (laughs) 
<laughs> wokeness already out of control. <laughs> they could have saved the wacko jacko stuff for for later for that episode. You didn't think Dougie Doug's uh, recollections of the. <laughs> What was it? The NAACP Image Awards? No, was I don't think that the, was a great. No, that was okay. not the strongest scene. I think they should have opened. I think they should have opened it with a National Enquirer scene because, by the way, um, that was much more emblematic of like uh, they should have opened it with that scene, or they should have opened it with everybody watching the Video Music Awards or the um, I'm sorry, the uh, Motown Music Awards where he did the the Moonwalk, moonwalk yeah. which is the uh, iconic moment that everybody remembers, right, Kevin? Yeah, it's iconic, like getting your 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 episodes of Crime Writers on early and ad free. Just like that, just like that, Kevin. Nice transition to our business section, uh, early and ad free. Yeah, well, see, you see, we're like uh, Leon and uh, Jace Moon. We just, just we just trade off, just sliding right into each other's lines. Exactly, just exactly. So if you go to Patreon.com/slash Partners in Crime Media, you can get the Crime Writers on after show in the the latest after show we all do our own michael jackson impressions no we don't oh we did we cut that out that's inappropriate we cut that out i toby had the best one i thought <laughs> it's inappropriate when we never awesome. have done that yep. the, 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 i thought he was really good at that um we also get to uh hear the latest deep dive book club podcast toby had a fantastic all-star cast it was rebecca lavoy jillian pensavale and janet varney and toby the book was Motor Spirit by Jarrett Kobeck, which is about the Zodiac, or actually he would say Zodiac uh, killer. And uh, it's an interesting book. Like it's definitely, it's written differently than most true crime books. He has very strong feelings about various aspects of Zodiac case. And um, I I thought it was a tremendous read. And I think most people who read it uh, probably have pretty strong feelings about it. And it was fun to talk about a book that everybody felt so strongly about. And of course, the guests were great. And we all brought our hair game, too. Jana Varney has oh. some crazy good bangs right now. Of course, Jillian's hair is oh, yeah. incredible. Yeah, it was really And great. there's my hair, too. Yeah, you exactly. Too, yeah. Too. Good job, looking Toby. Really good. Yeah. Yep. yeah. First place. <laughs> That's right. Also, I want to let you know that we're going to be doing another live show on Patreon. You get to see the four of us. On Crowdcast, just get together and uh, you can see behind the scenes as we make our latest show. I don't have a date for that yet because we have to juggle some schedules between the crime writers. It's mostly my fault for umpiring baseball. By the way, guys, just in case you were keeping score, I did take my first hit to the uh, cup yesterday. Oh. Ooh. Yeah. I, oh. I, I was always worried TMI. that it, I always thought it was it wouldn't work, but fortunately it works. Oh. Well, thank God and for it Rebecca. Still works. Yes, thank God for Rebecca. It still works. <laughs> yes. Thank also, God. Also, in Partners in Crime Media World, we have the latest episode of These Are Their Stories, which came out yesterday. It is focused on, actually from this past season, an SVU episode. This is the episode which was taken from the, uh, the Johnny Depp Amber Heard trial. It's called Mirror Effect. She's a victim, Rollins. Nobody's saying that she wasn't victimized. All I'm saying is he's claiming he's a victim too. This is going to come down to a popularity contest just to get a jury to convict. And uh, that was a real fun discussion we had with Wendy from the Fruit Loops Serial Killer podcast. Also, lastly, just want to ask you to uh, sign up for our newsletter at crimewriterson.com. All you got to do is leave your email and we'll send you on Thursdays the latest uh, newsletter, which includes things like uh, who our patron saints are and the cat of the week, a photo and the tweet of the week and all the crime writers on behind the scenes stuff. So it's a lot of fun. 
All right, so Kevin, before we end the business section, do we have any Patreon patron saints of the week this week? They are Monica DeHan and Karen Gervasoni. Bless you. Thank you, Monica. Thank you, Karen. And thank you for everybody who supports us on Patreon. Thank you, everyone who doesn't. And thank you for muscling through the business section. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and fade that music out right now. For those who embrace the impossible, the Defender 110 is up for the adventure. This iconic vehicle has been redefined with a modern design that lets you go further and do more. The exterior is reimagined with compelling proportions and precise detailing, complemented by an interior built with integrity. The Defender capability is legendary. Whether you're facing off-road challenges or harsh weather conditions, its durability has been tested to the extreme. Powerful innovations like the intuitive driver display and award-winning infotainment system keep you connected. Innovative camera technologies deliver unobstructed views and effortless maneuvering. And robust cargo capacity means more room for your gear. Ready for a wide range of adventures, the Defender family features the two-door Defender 90, the Defender 110, and the Defender 130, which seats up to eight. To drive the Defender is to explore with greater confidence. Push what's possible with a vehicle made to go further. The Defender 110. Learn more at LandRoverUSA.com forward slash Defender. Professional welder Shayna Ford used VR training developed by ForgeFX to hone her skills as a welder. The more time that you spend practicing it, that's what separates a good welder from a great welder. VR training can help students like Shayna repeatedly practice specific skills. Virtual reality definitely helps because the more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Explore more stories like Shayna's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. Want the same expert advice you get from the pros in the store while shopping online at DiscountTire.com? Meet Treadwell, your personal online tire guide that matches you with the perfect tire for your vehicle. Get your best match in one minute or less with Treadwell by Discount Tire. All right, so Laura Bricker, you actually went on YouTube and watched the Is This Scary? Uh, Michael Jackson movie that was written by Stephen King Mm. and never released? Yeah, so I didn't watch all of it, um, but I. Well, I don't it think was, it was ever finished, right? Or ever? No, put but there's like a clip. I mean, the clip that I found, I think it was like maybe 12 minutes long. I think what just struck me about it was how parallel it was to the response to Michael Jackson later in life. When not that all much of, later, right? Didn't it, did they make it just before the first allegations? It just screamed lack of awareness, like that he had no well, total awareness. You like, or I mean, but it was fucking creepy. Like there's like people with like pitchforks and they're all like marching towards like, there's this big old house. And by the way, who the like, fuck has a pitchfork really? Maybe you I have a used, rake these days, but a pitchfork, you're not farmer. I, you know, bales of I hay. stepped on a pitchfork when I was a kid and it went all the way through my foot and I had to get a freaking tetanus shot. And do you have Ugh. a pitchfork today because of it? No, I don't because of it. I don't because of it. I bought a handheld thing from my garden the other day. But I think what was so interesting is that, it, you know, here he is. He's this strange man. He's in this haunted house. Like we all like have those like, remember, you know, you grew up and there's that house. Oh, there's this creepy old man who lives in that house or there's this creepy person. Boo Boo Radley. Radley. Yes. Oh, every high five. We're going to go like knock on the door and run away or whatever. But it just was so freaking, I mean, I, I don't want to say wacko because that's the word we're not, but like it was fucking wacko. Like it was just like watching like, like the living dead or something. Um, But with Michael Jackson. 
All we can say for certain is that on at least one take, something got Michael to explode. Know what you can do for me? Kiss right here. Kiss right here. You're a swan. You're a goddamn pig. Go to hell. Every last one of you pigs. Is this scary? And the other one that he was in. Ghost. Ghost. Mm-hmm. Similarly. It was the freaking, same thing. It was the same I mean, script. Like, yeah. Like, whoa. Um, you know, you did the right thing. He's a weirdo. They say in that one. I'm like, hmm, Interesting. What do you think, Toby, about him casting himself as both prosecutor and defendant, essentially, persecutor and persecuted in the ghost scenario? It's super weird. Um, You know, you're always like, how much should you read into it? But if you read anything into it, I think it's uh, it's definitely goes back to the mental health issue where I, you know, he puts himself in, in the situation of condemning his own actions and then defending himself from that condemnation. So, you know, again, like maybe it's just like, oh, I'm going to do both these parts because I'm such a good actor, or it may have actually been, <laughs> I'm tormented by the things that I do um, and yet don't want to stop. Do- doesn't seem like he's tormented. I don't think yeah, he watched he's it. Just he like, yeah. 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 All right. Well, there you go. Again, like commenting on stuff I haven't seen is, <laughs> it's not a specialty. Kevin, I mentioned it briefly. What do you think about the episode where he's in New York um, making the whiz? We hear about this very yeah. brief moment in his life. At, I mean, bathing in Perrier aside, uh, <laughs> where good. it seems like there is this tiny window of potential, like as much as a, a star can be normal, this tiny window of potential, like. Well, he's kind of breaks away. Breaks from away. His father he's away from his family. Yeah. He has this normal, like he's, he's, he's with other celebrities, you know, which, you know, is not a normal life, but he's not are surrounded by mm-hmm. Jehovah's Witnesses. He's not surrounded by, you know, the trappings of sort of Jackson. He's just going to Studio 54 every night, you know, part of like the sort of mainstream mm-hmm. celebrity culture. And he's interviewed and he talks about being free in that very like little piece of tape. Yeah. There is like a, a strange poignancy to that, right? He's hanging out with Diana Ross. It's sort of like he's at summer camp. That, that's sort of how it felt to me. He had this brief time at summer camp. Yeah, I mean, it's probably, you know, they say that Michael Jackson never had a childhood. I don't feel like he ever had uh, an early adulthood, you know, where like you break free for the first time and you're on your own. And, you know, maybe it's just you're out of college in your early 20s and like you're making your own decisions for the first time. That's probably it. But if you want to say like, oh, if things had gone better on the Wiz, then, you know, he never would have built Neverland and, you know, none of these bad things would have happened. That's called a hypothesis contrary to fact. Yeah. You just don't know because that's not what happened. Exactly. That's exactly right. Exactly. But it is it is poignant to just hear his voice. Sure. Yeah. In that moment, because it's like pre face altering plastic surgery. It's pre allegations mm-hmm. of any kind. It's hard to imagine that he was abusing any kids at that age. Right. We don't know, but it's hard we to imagine. Know, yeah. um, we know he wasn't really involved in the church at that time. He was just being a not superstar, just ascending famous person having a good time. And, and you never really get a sense that he ever had a good time ever again in his entire life. Right. Mm, and there's, probably. and there's something about that, even though, and by the way, I just want to say, and I don't know if you guys felt this way, this podcast does not shy away from the fact that like Leon and Jay Smooth both say very plainly in the podcast that they believe that Michael Jackson was a child molester. 
And I believe that Michael Jackson was a child molester. I'm just going to say that. And I found myself in many, many parts in this podcast really struggling with how it must feel as one of Michael Jackson's victims to know that a project like this in the world exists. Because there are many, many long stretches of this podcast where it's just talking about the history of the art, how the art was made. I don't think there's a voice in this podcast that's like defending Michael Jackson, but there's just a lot of analysis of like uh, the talent, the career, the history that I, I can't help but just like... I think a lot of people who are victims just want that legacy to be just like erased and just not have us ever talk about it again. And I, I don't know, am I the only person who, who like, like struggles with that? Just like wonders how that must feel. Well, you know, he's out there. Yeah. He hasn't mm-hmm. been canceled. Certainly. Like you hear his freaking music everywhere. I um, heard it today. Yeah. Mm. So to a certain extent, like it's not as though you're digging up some long forgotten person and, you know, bringing them to light again. And somebody has to like go through all those same emotions. It's like, I assume everywhere they go, they go to the mall, they hear Michael Jackson, they turn on the radio. It's Michael Jackson. You know, he's still pretty ubiquitous. Um, so it does make you wonder though, right? If you were alive today and trying to go on tour, what the reaction would be. I'm thinking like Bill Cosby, Right. If Bill Cosby wanted to go on a comedy tour, be a fucking shit show outside. Right. Yeah. Because, it, you know, for that little bit before he was arrested, it was. And, you know, would things be different in the Me Too era when you have somebody who's there and not their ghost? Yeah. I mean, it's that's a absolutely great question. I, I, I don't know. But I also it also seems like it would be easy just to forget about him. You know, mm-hmm. but like, look at Johnny Depp. Like Johnny Depp is just fucking fine. Like he's fine. Yeah. There's enough when there's enough money involved. There's enough people, even a fandom behind enough. And there's, 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 there's always, you know what I mean? Like the Michael Jackson, like train has not stopped rolling. I mean, there was a small period of time, Kevin, like where people, there were calls to stop playing his music. They, people did stop playing his music. I literally got a call when I was working in news radio. I got a call one day from what I thought was a listener, you know, starting to complain about, you have that child molester, Michael Jackson, and his music on. This was before the trial actually happened. And in the end, it was actually a coworker who just called to prank me because he wanted to make me un- like I'm, I'm not responsible for programming any of the music. And in the newsroom, it's the only place where you actually answer the phone. But I got to tell you, in that moment, I was kind of like, I'm not going to stop playing fucking Michael Jackson music. Why? Because of this. And I think everybody's. Well, not everybody, but a lot of people's perceptions started to change. And I swear, I don't think it really took a big, big turn until Leaving Neverland came out, which we all watched. Yeah. But, you know, one of the things in this that kind of surprised me was those jokes that were made about him and Macaulay Culkin, Mm. like way back before before. it became mainstream. And they were kind of spot on. Oh, yeah. People knew Michael Jackson was molesting kids before Michael Jackson, like way yeah. before he was on trial for molesting a kid. But, uh, you know, it's interesting to me that it came out in the form of like a comedy routine, but that it was still out there, but that it took so much more for it to really reach the level that something was going to be done about it. Yeah. Well, it's yeah. like Hannibal Buress and um, Cosby. Mm-hmm. That's right. That's right. It's really, really incredible. And it's interesting to me that like the accuser from the trial that... The analysis of the trial in this podcast, by the way, is so good because they really take you through the trial. The lawyers across the street. It's very, very, very strong. And they talk to the jurors who um, voted to acquit. 
And they talk about why. And it's the unre- mostly the unreliability of the mother, right? And, you know, that the family mm, was yeah. seen as being predacious and all that stuff. But the family never sued civilly right. ever, which is so fucking telling, right? And then meanwhile, you have in Leaving Neverland, you have people who did sue civilly, who did pursue monetary remuneration and who every, like anybody who watches that believes them, right? Oh yeah. And they, they lied at the trial. Like Wade Robeson lied at the trial because he wasn't ready to accuse him yet. He did pursue money, right? So he did all of the things that they were accusing the other accuser of. Wade Robeson did those things. But everybody who sees that documentary, unless you are lying or unless you are a just straight up Michael Jackson supporter and will never not, you believe Wade because you can't not believe him. Mm-hmm. It's really, really something. And that's what is that's ultimately what Leon Nafok and Jay Smooth say is that like you can't watch that and not believe him. Right. Oh, yeah. I, I, I don't I, if you guys remember your reaction, I, I certainly always my negative feelings for Michael Jackson went from contempt for what he did to just complete revulsion. And I think, you know, that's why you have people leaving the, you know, they have trauma counselors at the Sundance Film Festival to talk to people leaving this. That's that's amazing. It was just so powerful. I mean, we all know we experienced it. Yeah. Yeah. So I just want to talk about one one, one more quick thing before we wrap up. Um, There is some very troubling audio at the end of this podcast. Uh, Toby, near the end of at the very end of Michael Jackson's life, it was played in the trial of the doctor who was accused of uh, murdering Michael Jackson, essentially killing him by administering all those drugs ostensibly to help Michael Jackson sleep. What did you think when you heard that audio? Yeah, it's horrifying. Uh, He's slurring his words. He's barely coherent. I mean, it just doesn't sound like him. No the recording is hard to listen to and also literally hard to make out because Michael's speech is slurred so badly. You know, the people around him failed him, you know, I mean, they failed the kids first and foremost, but it seems like there are ample opportunities uh, for some kind of intervention, which did not happen. And the intervention that seems to have occurred was <laughs> to put him on a shit ton of drugs. You know, apparently he had pain and, and all this other stuff. But um, yeah, I mean, it's like, it, it's hard not to listen to it and have that sense of foreboding. Like this is not gonna, this is not going to end well. And it's not going to go on for a real long time. Yeah. And finally, Laura Bricker um, to say that Donny Osmond is as good as Michael Jackson. Racist, right? Totally racist. <laughs> That was was really something. Yeah, that was really something. But I I really was um, into this like rivalry between the Osmonds. Fake rivalry. I was like, this is, I'm I'm here for this. Absolutely. (laughs) The throwdown. And they're going to have their moonwalk face off. Oh my God. It's the the Jehovah's Witnesses versus the Mormons, right? Oh Oh my goodness. goodness. Yes. The battle royale. And we know that the the talent was exactly the same. same. Yes. Commensurate talent. All around. Yeah, I know. Just yesterday, I heard Puppy Love on <laughs> an AM radio station. It's played so. at every wedding. It's yes. the one that brings everyone out to the dance floor. Exactly. Oh, God. Hey, Keurig coffee drinkers. Did you know that the bold, smooth taste of Dunkin' Cold Coffee can be brewed in your Keurig coffee maker and enjoyed at home? Dunkin's Cold K-Cup pods were crafted to be brewed hot and enjoyed cold. And of course, they're packed with the Dunkin' flavor you crave. 
Brew over ice and sip in seconds. Because the home with Duncan is where you want to be. Hey, friends. Are you struggling to attract and retain top talent? If you're worried about recruiting and retention, consider Insperity, a leading HR provider. They'll help you improve hiring and compensation practices so you can spend more time growing your business and less time on HR. Visit Insperity.com and download their free ebook on how to build your dream team. Don't let a lack of talent hinder your success. See how Insperity provides HR that makes a difference at Insperity.com. Today's podcast is sponsored by June's Journey. June's Journey is a hidden object mystery game which transports you into a bygone age of mystery, danger, and romance set in the glamorous 1920s. You'll play as June Parker as she embarks on a quest to solve her sister's murder. But that's not all. You'll let your imagination run wild as you get to customize your own luxurious estate island with expensive gardens and beautiful buildings. So, can you crack the case? Download June's Journey for free today on iOS and Android. All right, let's see what we do. Let's let our listeners know, should they check out the podcast, Think Twice? Laura Bricker, what do you think? Thumbs up or thumbs down for Think Twice? Yeah, this is a thumbs up. I think, you know, this, as I said um, earlier on during discussion, was really done in a very thoughtful manner. It was something that, you know, we have talked a lot about Michael Jackson in recent years. There's been a lot more attention on the sexual abuse uh, part of Michael Jackson's life and the victims that have come forward. And what I liked about this was that, you know, even me with no electricity in Vermont knew of the star power of Michael Jackson at the time that he was at the height of his career. So it was something that I remember that thriller album. I remember Michael Jackson getting blown up in the Pepsi commercial and like his glove being, you know, seen as he was dragged away. So I think what was really interesting was just the way that they did zoom in on this and really talk about his entire career, his place and culture. Um, some of the things we haven't heard about him necessarily, unless maybe you were somebody that was already really enmeshed in um, the world of Michael Jackson from people that knew him at different points in his life. And I mean, if nothing else, the Is This Scary um, video clip that you can find on YouTube of the never released film that he was making with Stephen King is sort of worth the price of admission. But I, I think this was just a really interesting um, podcast and it's long. So you got to, you know, it's it's gives you time to really sort of think about it over the course of the 10 episodes. Toya Ball, what do you think? Thumbs up or thumbs down for Think Twice, Michael Jackson. Yeah, so I really like everything Leon Nafok does. You know, I this is a little bit of a turn in his subject matter, I guess I would say. But, uh, you know, I, I feel like Michael Jackson is like a person who, like at least I think of in like sort of snapshots, you know, without like this huge like continuous history or whatever, but it's like little Michael Jackson, the Jackson five, and then he's in thriller. And then, you know, the, the, the pedophilia allegations and his sort of fall from grace. And then, you know, he, he dies of a drug overdose. And what this really does is it, it, it tells you the whole story. It contextualizes things. It, it shows that it's not, it's not the simple story that it's kind of easy to, to visualize based on what's been out there in the media. Um, and, and what's kind of interesting, I don't think this is a spoiler is that it doesn't, it provides a lot more context, but doesn't necessarily change the way you feel in the end. So anyway, yeah, I mean, it's, it's just, it's a, it's a high quality podcast. It's, it's very interesting. Uh, so thumbs up. Kevin Flynn. Thumbs up. I like how Toby just put that. It does provide a lot of context, but maybe doesn't change 
what you know what you think and feel about Michael Jackson and his legacy. This is classic Leon Nafok kind of uh, production where you know you look at it, you take a deep dive into a subject, and maybe not come at it head on and just kind of come at it from different angles and try to create a, a different perspective. I think that Jay Smooth makes an excellent um, sidekick. I don't know if uh, Jay knows anything about the Suez Canal crisis, but if Leon is doing that podcast next, I hope that Jay will be on it as well. Yeah, I'm just saying that, you know, we still continue to have these debates about can you separate the art from the artist? And that kind of addresses this. I think that whatever you think about Michael Jackson before the podcast, that's what you're going to feel about it afterwards. But it's an excellent outing. So thumbs up. Yeah, I'll tell you, be perfectly honest with you. Every time I like I'm about to start a Leon Afuck podcast, I always feel like, oh, God, this is going to be like I have the same feeling as I feel like I'm going to pick up an 800 page book where I'm like, oh, I'm about to go on like this is like, going to be a lot of work. And then I always end up fucking loving the podcast. Right. This was this was one of those where I listened to it. I just went on a trip to Atlanta I listened to this whole podcast in, I think, a day, either a day or a day and a half, just episode after episode after episode. It's just so well made and so well done. And a couple of like tweaks and small complaints aside about some of the awkwardness of the start of it and like the the co-hosting stuff, which I just would have just smoothed out a little bit by editing slightly differently at the beginning. It's just it's a it's a really, really complete and sensitive and well done history. And, you know, I do have questions and feelings about how a Michael Jackson victim might feel about this existing in the world. I think Toby makes some good points about that earlier in our show, if you've listened to that part of it. But I don't know. I found myself really, I learned things I didn't know before. And I thought I knew a lot about Michael Jackson, the man, and Michael Jackson, the artist. And that's always good whenever I learn something that I thought I knew but didn't. So, yeah, big thumbs up for me for Think Twice, Michael Jackson, a compelling listen. An interesting listen, and ultimately it lands, I think, on the the right side of everything. So yeah, thumbs up. All right, that's going to do it for us. But before we go, Laura Bricker, big question. Do we have a cat of the week this week? Oh, we have something we have never had before this week, boys and girls. An ocelot? We have a rodent of the week. Wow. <laughs> um, this was one of the best things I've seen on social media in quite some time. Um, Exeter firefighters got called out to a brush fire this week to help out as the supervisor, the captain was leaving. Um, They're cleaning up from the brush fire. A little mouse was like, holy shit, get me out of here. And like leapt onto his shirt, but not only leapt onto his shirt, somebody that was there was able to snap a picture of this mouse. And it is really something to behold. Um, And he said they, and so they of course did a very clever little Social media post about this, uh, Captain Drew Martin said he was a bit startled, but he knew what he had to do and moved the mouse to safety before leaving the scene. While he's had many encounters with wildlife while fighting wildfires in California before he came to Exeter, this was definitely a first for him. Fantastic. I I thought it was very entertaining. All right, Laura Bricker, people can obviously always email us any animal to be cat of the week at crimewritersona at gmail.com. But if folks want to find you on social media, how can they find you there? They can find me at Lara Bricker. And Toby Ball, how can you be found on social media to find out people so people can find out whether or not you have, in fact, ever heard the album Thriller? Uh, I'm at Toby Ball NH. And what would actually be awesome is to uh, send something to Laura Bricker and tag me and find out how the hell that mouse got up onto. <laughs> like, did it jump? Was it, it coming jumps off three a, feet in the air? Was it coming yeah, off a yeah. tree? Oh, you want to hear? 
Yeah, you want to hear the whole thing, Toby? The whole thing. I'll read you. I didn't. I only read you the ending. So he was wrapping up his work, walking along next by another firefighter who was digging a fire line to stop the spread. And he spotted the little critter on his shoulder. And he went to like try to remove it. And the mouse, so the mouse had just apparently just as he was like bending over, had climbed onto him. So he tried to remove it. The mouse then jumped three feet in the air and then landed on his chest. Three feet in the air? Yes. (laughs) You know what? I will go out for my next Leave it to Bricker and I will go talk to Captain Drew Martin and get the full story of the mouse. Because quite honestly, thinking about a mouse jumping three feet in the air is (laughs) like... Make Toby jump four feet in the air. It's somewhat... Well, he didn't want to burn, Toby. He didn't want to be a shish kebab. No one does. <laughs> At Toby Ball and H. All right, Kevin Flynn. If folks want to find you on social media, how can they find you there? I'm at Kevin P. Flynn. And if you want to follow me on Twitter or Instagram, you can find me at Reb Lavoy. Follow the show at Crime Writers On and please join our incredible community and our amazing Crime Writers On Facebook group. Just go to our page, hit join the group, we'll let you in. Get this show early and ad-free by joining our Patreon. You also get all the other free stuff we make back there, like our Crime Writers On after show which you can listen to right now our theme song was composed and performed by ty gibbons our line editor is the fantastic livy burdett the executive producer of this program is kevin flynn this show was recorded in the treehouse yoga studio above the mockingbird cafe in bay st louis mississippi studio otherwise known as studio c the closet and on new hampshire basement where we've also brokered a deal with stephen king to write a short film about us in exchange for narrating his next audiobook on behalf of all the crime writers thanks so much for listening we will catch you later later although i am now contemplating who was better whether it was donny osmond or michael jackson i toby probably wants to weigh in yeah, well, I think that's an excellent question, and, and maybe that's like a month's a, worth of after shows to, to Yeah, it was handle. a deficiency in the podcast that Leon and Jay did not uh, explore that further. Yeah, I mean, I think that Michael Jackson is- A bonus episode? Bonus episode. <laughs> <laughs> so, so look, I mean- A bracket? A song bracket? <laughs> Hey, Keurig coffee drinkers. Need a cold coffee with a bold flavor? Dunkin' Cold K-Cup pods were specially crafted for cold coffee. Brew over ice straight out of the Keurig coffee maker for smooth, delicious Dunkin' taste you know and love. Find your next Dunkin' Cold coffee in the roasted coffee aisle.